Welcome back to the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning Podcast for Brain Fact Friday and episode number 147. That has taken me back to Dr. John Leaf from episode number 143 and his book, The Secret Language of Cells, what biological conversation tells us about the brain-body connection, the future of medicine, and life itself. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now in Arizona, and like many of our listeners, have been fascinated with learning and understanding the science behind high-performance strategies in our schools, sports, and the workplace with ideas that we can all use, understand, and implement immediately for improved results. On our last Brain Fact Friday, episode 141, I talk about how meeting Dr. Leaf opened my eyes to the importance of keeping the cells in our body healthy for our future health, for our productivity and results, and that I'd never thought about my health through this lens. His book explores the cellular conversation as a new way of understanding that our cells have constant, intelligent chatter between them, showing there is no separation of brain-body, mind-body, or brain-immune. And it got me thinking about neurogenesis, how we create new cells in the brain, reminding me to take my omega-3 DHA to increase that brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which is the best way to produce new brain cells, and the ties to keeping our brain cells healthy for learning, memory, and retention. But what else is there? What are some other ways that we can look at health, wellness, and productivity at the cellular level? Which leads us to this week's Brain Fact Friday. Have you ever wondered why we get brain fog or have a harder time thinking when we're stressed? Dr. John Leaf shared with me why this happens, and I think it's important that everyone understands this function of our brain and body. Did you know that the brain and immune system work together? T-cells, an essential part of the immune system, a type of leukocyte or white blood cell, sends a message to the neurons, the cells in the brain and nervous system, to stop making memory cells when you're stressed and you get brain fog. Dr. Leaf reminded us in our interview that stress is at the interface of brain function and inflammation and that T-cells are essential for dealing with stress. Both brain and immune cells pick up perceptions of stress. Brief stress related to learning or the unexpected can be helpful in stimulating positive brain activity. However, chronic stress, where the body has no way to break from a stressor, can trigger damaging inflammation. We've all heard that stress causes inflammation in the body that leads to a number of chronic health conditions like cancer and viral infections, and Dr. Leaf comes to the conclusion that all processes in the human body, in all animals and plants, and in microbe communities as well, are based on conversations and group decision-making among cells. One of the many fascinating parts of my interview with Dr. Leaf that I've had many messages about was where he explained that no one knew there were immune cells near the brain. Cerebral fluid, a colorless fluid that surrounds the brain and spinal cord, he explained, is also for communication and that T cells get into this fluid and send messages to neurons. 
When there's an infection in our body, the immune cells send a sick feeling to our body, signaling us to pay attention to what we're feeling and take a rest or a break so that healing can take place. Have you ever felt that feeling? You're working and something feels off in your body? Stephanie Fay mentioned the concept of interoception, being able to perceive the sensations from inside the body in episode number 39, and Dr. Daniel Stickler mentioned it on episode 96 with an athlete's ability to read their body and not overtrain. Dr. Leaf shared that when everything is well within the body, T-cells signal to the brain that conditions are safe for normal activity. But the minute there's an infection or trauma, the T-cells change their message to the brain to signal that the body is sick and the brain must slow down until the T-cells recognize that it's okay to go back to normal. We should be able to feel the shift in the body. This is a recent discovery that can serve us well to keep operating at our highest levels possible. We must understand that our cells are smart and that they communicate with each other. But this is just the beginning. What are some simple steps we can take to strengthen our brain? We'll dive deeper into this next week with our interview with Dr. James Hart, who's worked with Tony Robbins, Michael Jackson, leaders of Microsoft, IBM, and other high-powered executives to elevate states of intelligence and consciousness. But until then, here are my tips for keeping a healthy brain-body immune system. So how to strengthen your brain-body immune system? You've got to understand your patterns and brain state. If our brain and immune system are closely tied, it makes sense to me that we should understand something about how our brains work. Do you know the brain state that you're in, how you operate most of the time, and how to switch between different states to improve your productivity? We've talked about the importance of switching between different networks in the brain to improve levels of creativity with episode 48 on brain network theory, bringing us to heightened perception with gamma brain waves. And Stephanie Fay just released an article that affirms the more we start to notice the rhythms we have in our brain states, moods, relationships, and day-to-day functioning, the better we get at cultivating the right conditions ahead of time in a preventative, systems-thinking, and growth-oriented way. Through the brain mapping she does, Faye believes that people who experience brain fog are operating with theta brain waves at the 4 to 8 hertz level which is slower than needed for higher levels of productivity experienced at the alpha level, 9 to 13. Dr. James Hart will take a deeper dive into the power of changing our brain states to change our life next week, but he reminds us that the average person's brain state shows low alpha, where creativity exists, and high beta, which is stress. Whether it's time urgency, financial stress, or health-related, this type of stress we know leads to disease in the body. I do look forward to sharing more on this topic next week and diving deeper, as I think we've only just started to scratch the surface of how to reach these higher levels of thinking with our last interview with expert in psychology and cognitive neuroscience, Dr. Howard Rankin, on how not to think. And if we were to brain map ourselves, it would be very clear that most of us are not thinking or we're thinking far less than we think we think. 
That's it for this week's Brain Fact Friday on understanding how the brain body, mind body, and brain immune system work together. And I hope that you've taken away something useful to help you to understand how we get brain fog versus mental clarity with some thoughts on moving to a new brainwave level for improved results. The key to this week's brain fact is that switching brain states takes focused effort. We must first of all be aware of where we are, and Dr. Hart thinks most of us are at the beta state before we can move to a new state. The only way I know of to move to the alpha state is through a state of wakeful relaxation that can be cultivated with a mindfulness or meditation practice or from deep thinking that takes us into our non-conscious mind that world-renowned neuroscientist Dr. Carolyn Leaf explains in our bonus interview on cleaning up your mental mess. From the research I'm doing on Dr. Hart, I can see there are quicker and easier ways to reach these higher levels, and I look forward to sharing them with you. If you'd like to see Stephanie Fay's recent article on three ways of getting rid of brain fog and increased mental clarity, I'll link her article in the show notes. I'll see you next week with Dr. James Hart, and I do look forward to sharing with you the new workshops we're creating for schools and the workplace as we begin to implement these ideas into our classrooms and workplaces. Stay tuned, and in the meantime, you can see what we've been doing on our website at AchieveIt360.com. See you next week. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.